2: E E
1: E E E
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 183 of the More Than Just Code podcast, the HomePod special. My name is Tim and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez, Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we also have Mark Rubin on the line from San Jose, California. So, what do we got here? Oh, well, so first one is uh, just a a little bit of video that I saw the other day of, and I was sharing it with the guys before the show here, of um, a couple of uh, robots from Boston Dynamics and uh, it's uh, amazing they look like they they walk like dogs with the with the knees bent backwards right and uh, one of them has a handle and reaches up and opens a door and then as the doors open sort of puts his foot in the way and then with the with the arm opens the door further and then the second robot which doesn't have this uh, appendage is able to escape through this door so the caption on the tweet that I posted here is we're all going to die so kind of uh, interesting little bit of uh, demonstration of robots leaving the room or, you know which at some point in the future may become a useful skill for them yeah, that's that And some more follow-up there's another piece here from Bloomberg News with Mark German talking about how Apple plans to root out bugs and revamp the iPhone software which is sort of a story we've been talking about for last I think last week as well um, that we're gonna have a sort of snow Sierra snow I don't know what are we calling this a release where it's going to be m- less about new features and new technologies and new emojis and that kind of stuff, and more about stability uh, in in the platform. I think we've uh, we've all been talking about you know a few couple of missteps have happened over the last year, right? What do you guys think about that? All for it. To me, it makes sense uh, the kind of pressures they
0: were under, right? Because it's very sort of um, hit driven company, um, which seems weird to say because they have you know boatloads of cash and they're in a very dominant position, but it's it's still the sort of thing where there's a like, like a cultural expectation that you know when they have their keynote, we're going to see something amazing, and it's been less less you know true over the years as it's become sort of very lucrative for leaks to come out of the you know either the supply chain or out of Apple itself, and so we're left sort of less you know, surprised about that. And I think it started becoming sort of unhealthy this like confluence of things where Apple needed to do more and more because you know nobody cares about your last hit; we want to see your next hit, right? We, it's got to be even greater, and they're expanding into more and more. Things Things. It's not just iPod. It's not just iPhone. It's all these, you know, all these other things. Um, you know, new devices like the HomePod, new integrations, new services. And I think it was just unreasonable to expect all of those things to happen uh, and happen well, considering that they are also very, um, very well known for not really hiring. Right? They're not doing Amazon-style thousands of people a month sort of thing. It's like we hire a handful of people, and we're very careful with our keeping our, our corporate culture and not just uh, sort of carpet bombing the industry with tons of, of engineers and designers and stuff. And I think I've, I've criticized before about the, uh, the the QA side of like, well, that's that's a side you can scale rather well if, you, if you've if got the money to do it. And, and clearly they do. So it's good to see them sort of take a step back and say, all right, it's gotten bad enough where uh, regardless of what the actual truth is, the this, the narrative out there uh, in the you know, normal populace is, oh, yeah, the, the product's not as good anymore. So taking a little bit of their uh, their foot off the gas pedal and say, all right, we still want to hit yearly stuff, but if it push comes to shove, we're... Going to be, you know, more willing to push stuff off into, all right, it's not there on day one, or heck, it, maybe it's even in the subsequent release. And I think that's better because it's it's really hard to have a hard fixed date when uh, stuff just happens with software, right? It's more of a discovery process. It's not a manufacturing thing where, all right, we can just scale up infinitely. There's just really hard, intractable problems you got to deal with sometimes. And sometimes software just takes longer. So I'm all for it.
2: Yeah. And there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of factors going to software development. Like, you in, in you never know how people are actually going to use the devices or what kind of exploits are going to happen out there, you know, how people are going to poke at things. So, you know, taking a step, I mean, and I think that Apple is far enough ahead, you know, in, in terms of where they are. Like you mentioned the cash for one thing, they don't necessarily, I don't think they need to necessarily be innovating every every minute of the day. And, and uh, you know, even even the new innovations are going to come over out over the next year and, and, you know, the prognosticators are going to say Apple's doomed for not trying to keep up. Those haven't just been developed in the last year. They've been things that have been worked on for three or four years, you you know, and they're just coming to, to light when they're released kind of thing, right? So I think it's probably a good idea for Apple to, to take time and, and improve the products that they have, right? So um, rather than trying to invade in in other, other spaces, right?
0: Yeah. So I think one thing that maybe sort of changes for them is, uh, let's pretend hypothetically, I don't know, the rate was 1% of users end up with some sort of bug. You know, when Apple was on its deathbed, 1% wasn't really that bad. You know, that's a very small number of people. But now at their massive size and in a uh, very hyper-connected society now versus what it was in the 90s, I think it it certainly magnifies the problem uh, larger than it would normally be, right? Like 1% of, of, you know, the billion users that Apple has now is a lot larger of a number than it was back in the nineties when there was a much smaller company. And, um, you hear about it more, right? Like who was uh-huh. hearing your complaints back in the late nineties? Well, if you were lucky, maybe some folks on some internet forums somewhere, uh, maybe some email distribution lists, but now it's like, Hey, uh, I'm here. I'm in the middle of nowhere, Antarctica, and I'm using iOS 11.2 and I have this device and that device. And, oh, look, it, you know, blue screen to death on me. Like Everybody will see that and it becomes sort of like a meme so i think this is something that uh again a whole confluence of things have sort of conspired against them where they 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 really needed to take that step back
2: do you have any comments about ash furrow's thing here just you just highlighted some uh let's see what his specific comments are uh i'll I'll read his comment so it says uh
0: i don't know i don't mean to complain all the time but thousands of our peers are accurately described as quote-unquote beleaguered for the supposed sake of building great products but great products take time and are best built when well rested this isn't good for apple or them uh in this case referring to the, the fact that um, it was very difficult to push back features to a subsequent year and all new features needed to be tied to a big release in the fall coming right. from the uh, Bloomberg article.
2: Yeah, it's difficult to release things, you know, on time because, you know, there are always extenuating circumstances. You never never know what happens, right? And if they th- if they stick to a schedule, I mean, they always try to announce, you know, a new product in, in June. And then like, I think we were talking about this before the show, you know, they have a big bump in June and then, you know, the products hit the street in September, October or this year November even, right? Um, and then we kind of expect, you know, the world to, to have a wonderful experience. And this isn't always the case, right? Things things do happen, do go wrong, right? So take a step back, take a deep breath, take time. All right. So there's a new product that shipped last week, right? Um, or just started arriving, what, on the 9th, I guess, of February, which is Friday? Was that Friday, mean, That was Friday. It was Friday, and it's called the HomePod. We talked about it before, and uh, we'll start off with some um, uh, initial um, impressions from Ish, um who's an indie iOS developer who uh, basically wrote a blog on blog post on medium talking about some generalities about the um HomePod, uh, its size the feel uh, how easy it was to set up it basically involves so you, just, you have to have a phone connected to it and you can decide whether or not you want to share your personal uh messages on it if you want to if you're by yourself that may be fine but if you're working with uh, with other people um, how to tie in Apple music with it um I guess we'll have to quite, we'll have to wait for Jaime's uh, impressions to find out um, whether he hooked up his music to his or Apple Music to his HomePod, um, and apparently, yeah, it's uh, you know people are quite impressed with the um, with the, the sound, the, you know, the sound quality. Apparently, is far superior to the other home, smart devices. Um, there are some uh, some complaints about uh, Siri's integration into it, but uh, I guess in terms of what's happening, um, and a couple, of, he's also pointed a couple of things I'm missing here. I guess uh, from his point of view, that you know, multi-user access is. isn't a thing um there's no in his says volume indicator at least on the google home there's like a little spin dial that you can sort of see where the volume is and you can spin your finger on the top of the the, uh, device to set the volume um and also airplay 2 was something they promised for i think to be able to have multiple multiple uh speakers i think we talked about that last week and maybe humming can fill us in but airplay 2 is something that's to come later on so um it looks like it was
0: yeah. very positive overall, right? I mean, yeah. the the sort of like TLDR he puts in his so is it worth it paragraph at the end of the article that we'll have in the show notes for those of you driving at home. Um, right. I mean, he, he states it from his own perspective, right? About, uh, you know, he initially thought that 350 was uh, three fifty US was a steep price tag. But when he experienced it and, and, you know, saw the audio quality, he's like, well, yeah, like this is great, right? Like, yeah, that's one like- person's uh, opinion, but it seems like a, a fair number of people are are coming to that same conclusion.
2: Yeah, apparently it has a number of like uh, high-end tweeters and you know um, a number of speakers, so it, it does fill, fill the room quite well from what I'm told, and uh, of course I wouldn't know because I live in Canada, but um, and I can't hear it from here. The, uh, apparently it, it sort of fills the room, I guess sort of in the same sort of way that Bose technology and, and other kind of surround sounds kind of do, right, in terms of, adjust. apparently the, the HomePod um, adjusts to the room dynamics as well, uh, through all the bit sensors as well, to make the sound sound really good. Um, there's another article that that came out today, actually, from Joe Ciaplinsky. Um and it's called "Good Versus Better Than Bad," which is a, a, an interesting take he has on the um, the position of the uh, of the HomePod versus whether if it's a smart speaker compared to the Amazon Echo and the HomePod. I think he has an Amazon Echo, which is why he doesn't talk about Google Home necessarily. Um, and he, he from a from a whether it answers the question correctly or accurately or or has um, better sort of smart. Speaker Speaker, and I'm doing air quotes here, uh, capabilities, he rates the Amazon Echo as better than the HomePod. In other words, he feels it isn't quite there yet, um, there compared to the Amazon Echo, I should say. But he also then can, has another metrics, and that's the audio quality. And, and I think Joe Joe's a professional musician, as well, or sort semi-professional musician and podcaster, so he, I think he has a, a bit of a, a, a considered opinion when it comes to audio quality. And he rates, the uh, by the same metric, he rates the uh, HomePod as at least better than t- twice better than the HomePod. So if you're looking for a smart speaker, maybe the Amazon Echo maybe c- score better than the HomePod, and the HomePod scores better than in terms of audio quality. And uh, but he actually goes on to say that um, if you if you want to create a bar of um, a level of quality called good, the HomePod's audio quality is better than good, right? Um, and it's an interesting, interesting story here that that in in Joe's post. And of course, I leave it to you readers to read it. But I think the gist of it is, if I read correctly, is that, um, you know, it, it's it, it's like it, it, there's an expression called the best of a bad lot. Like sometimes, you know, you, you have um, a, a bunch of bad choices, but there's one that stands out as the better of the bad choices. And that's kind of it doesn't mean that we're talking about a, a good overall choice, just like that's where the technology is at this point in time. Um, his point is that uh, and, and the best quote here is I got to find it here is um, the best quote quote in the entire piece is, wake me up when Alexa can do anything remotely this complex. He's talking about, you know, being a digital assistant. He says, like, you know, you can ask uh, um, somebody to book a flight for you to to a conference. Like, book me a flight to Pierce Conference as an example. And, you know, a, a proper assistant would, would be able to know, you know, from his, for, would know that Pierce Conference is, is a conference happening in Austin, Texas, and then I think next month. Uh, and that, you know, would know Joe's pre- uh, preferences for what Type of flight he likes to have. Like, he likes to fly single, uh, like one hop instead of having to have, uh, or sorry, what do you call it when you fly all the way? Direct or nonstop? Uh, yeah, direct. He'd rather have a direct nonstop flight. Um, he let, prefers an aisle seat. Um, you know, he has, you know, maybe some scheduling things that needs to be worked around. He'd prefer a morning flight versus an afternoon flight or something, you know, any any number of things. An actual assistant or digital assistant, personal assistant would know all those sort of things about Joe. And that said, digital assistants aren't there yet. They're not able to sort of know all of the sort of factors, uh, you know, and to be, and to know when to, oh, excuse me, Mr. Chaplin can I ask you if this suit flight is suitable um, you know a, a digital where we are with digital assistants right now they're not there they're not able to make those kind of you know uh, intellectual decisions around what the the, the person they're serving is uh, needs and also like you know his simple point that you know like whatever we call these things you know and we joke about them on podcasts. as he says in, in the story um, we don't know necessarily. like it doesn't necessarily know that we're talking to it like if I'm if I say hey hi me what do you think about next Thursday he knows what I'm talking about. He knows I'm speaking to him, and Mark knows to ignore that I'm talking to Jaime and that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, but the best, the best expression is that in, in the in the piece is where he says, "You know, wake me up when Alexa can do anything remotely this complex, and I'll start to worry about whether Apple is falling behind in this space." Um, which I think was the best, best sort of summary there. So, best of the bad lot. You know, uh, HomePod is is in some ways better, Alexis in other ways better, um, but uh, overall, we're not quite there yet. I think is the, the gist of the piece.
0: I think he's pretty spot on with a lot of these points, um, and it's kind of interesting to take it from the angle of um, you know the the smart stuff versus the audio quality because I think we've mentioned before that there's sort of like that that opposite ends of the spectrum sort of thing going on where the Amazon Echo and the Google Home are on the spectrum of or on the one side of this is a smart assistant and it coincidentally includes a speaker because that's like the most convenient way to <laughs> communicate with you and then Apple's sort of side of it which is on the complete opposite end of the, of the same spectrum it's like oh this is a great speaker it coincidentally comes with you know a voice assistant because that's the most convenient way to interact with a device um and to point out the fact that uh however you feel about those those things um doesn't mean that any of these devices are at that good quote-unquote good quality where he um makes an analogy with uh computers right where uh back in like you know the 80s computers like they weren't that good right they were just like a complete waste of time for anybody other than enthusiasts um that doesn't mean they didn't have promise uh and certainly computers are now um everywhere and it's a uh, sort of a basic part of our life now right because computers did become good enough the, the heavy quotes on there for people to be like yeah this is good enough this is now a good product to have right you, you want your smartphone in your pocket um, it's worth it to people now uh, to like average the average populace person right like right, not yeah, people yeah. who are enthusiasts who like really geek out about hardware specs or software or whatever it's just like no this is just a device that helps me um improve my life
2: and well i think i think you're, you're you're right there in that the um you know the computers back in the day you could do a lot of really useful things with it but you had to fill in a lot of gaps right like and the gaps were huge in terms of what you had to fill in right like yeah, now it, you know yeah it's a
0: different scale to be good for an enthusiast versus be good for most people if not everybody um and i think as far as the like are these uh, truly digital assistants i think it's quite spot on to say hey well it's not like a human assistant that would do all these things and it's not like um, I loved the uh, Chief O'Brien on Star Trek right. bit he brings up where even though he uses uh, or even though like Chief O'Brien uses the trigger word computer, the computer itself is smart enough to realize when it is being queried versus its name being brought up in casual conversation. Right. You know, you know asking, you know, computer how long before the Dominion ship is within weapons range is different than captain i'm going to need to tap into their central computer which if you do that right now with siri right. alexa or you know, the google home or cortana like they're all going to start freaking out and there's special things that people have to do for advertising purposes like during tv shows they'll you know put some sort of audio the devices are coded to listen for and ignore the wake word when it hears that right so that's right, yeah, that's a cheap yeah. parlor trick but it's not true intelligence to be like oh a human being sitting there would understand that you're not using their name
2: yeah i think like we talked about this i love the parlor trick thing i also forgot to mention but the, you know, like you ask Siri or you ask these things one question and then you, in a normal conversation, you would be able to go on with a, with a, f- a follow-up question and, and have it understand. And yet, these devices, they're not sophisticated enough to know that you're actually having a conversation with them and they should keep that context in mind, right? Um, and that's part of the problem. It's funny, I was demonstrating with my wife the other day a feature that somebody was talking about in a, in a YouTube video about what you could do with, with Google. And so, of course, you know, it starts to say off, hey, Google, blah, 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 and and as soon as I played the video to my wife, I was standing in the kitchen where our Google Home is, and as soon as I started playing the video for her, our actual Google Home heard the instruction on video, and and both, like the one in the video, and the, and our Google Home device responded at the same time, which is, you know, exactly what he's talking about, this sort of comical scenario, right? But just before we get carried away, so um, I don't know if I mentioned before, but I have a Newton, like an original Newton message pad from 1993, which is an amazing piece of technology, right? And my screen was dying on, on my, my original, one. So I actually went on eBay a couple of weeks ago and I bought one. So I've got one sitting here over over my couch, you know, and then you put in four AA batteries and it lasts, you know, for like a month of Sundays in terms of how long the charge lasts. And it does amazing handwriting recognition. I can draw, you know, objects on the screen and and it fills them in and I can make a to-do list. And yet, you know, in 1993, that was kind of magical, right? And then, you know, shortly thereafter came the Palm Pilot and it was again even more sophisticated than Newton. In fact, it made the Newton look clumsy in a lot of different ways, and and you know the the uh, the mes- the um, uh, HP what do you call it? What did I just call it? Palm Pilot was much better um, a much better personal as- digital assistant at the time, right? But if you compare those to where we are today, as I was saying, and we were just saying about the the uh, u- the utility of these things. I mean, like you know the the Newton message pad, while it works today to the, to this day, I should say, it's still very much a novelty, and it doesn't do nearly. Uh, it's amazing. I'm amazed at how little it does. Does compared to what I used to remember it doing when I was when it, back in the day when it when it was brand new, right? So it was su- it was super helpful to have, but now I've got a phone that has all my contacts in it. Now I have a phone that you know can I can use reminders and I can talk to the phone, right? You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely different. Like you
0: brought up the the Palm Pilot. I mean, I get unreasonably upset when I'm fairly certain I typed something correctly on my iPhone and it gives a different letter or, or a different right, yeah. word. Um, that's even when I have to go back and correct it myself, that is a lot faster than doing the little graffiti thing, one character at a time, slowly with right, the, yeah. uh, the palm. Deliberately, pilot. yeah. And that seems incredible and magical to me at the time when I was like a freshman in college, I think, when I had one of those. Right. So yeah. it, it's it's definitely different work. When I look back, I'm like, yeah, that, that was not a good product. Uh, it's good for an enthusiast. I certainly loved it. And there are many business folks who, who had it as well and, and loved theirs. But as be honest, it wasn't an um, across-the-board sort of thing like, um, like the iPhone. Right, that, that everybody has, or if they don't have one, they have the, you know, the knockoff equivalent on the Android side.
2: Which brings us to your HomePod, Jaime. You, you received one last Friday. What do, you, what do you think about it after like four days or so?
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely going to need some follow-up in terms of uh, where does it sort of fit into my life. Um, for those of you who've just joined us fairly recently on the show, I own um, a couple of Amazon Echo devices, the Show and the Dot, and I also have a Google Home. So this is the third type of assistant, um, certainly the third Ecosystem I'm bringing into the house, and I've I've likened it before to say, oh, this is like having uh, your senior staff um, that you can interrogate for different things or ask them to do different things depending on their skills, right? You ask the doctor medical questions, and you ask the engineer engineer questions, right? That sort of makes sense. So that's how I deal with it in my life. When I look at this sort of independently, uh, and again, this isn't a um, like an across the board sort of recommendation. It definitely depends on your particular lifestyle. I think it's a great product. Um, it definitely definitely has some some um like head scratching things um beyond just the things that were mentioned uh before that like you know they had to cut scope to get um get this out of the door it doesn't support airplay 2 it doesn't have uh, multi-account support and a couple other uh, things but there's some other things that about it that sort of um i wonder where apple's gonna go philosophically but as of today i'm i'm pretty impressed with it um i'll caveat that by saying that uh, i i do not have any sort of uh, high-end audio setup so maybe my ears are not like an audio Files ears, but when I played music through this for the first time, I was amazed at how good it sounded. Um, it's it's a fantastic audio device. Uh, I don't know what pricing normally goes for these things, but it's certainly worth it at the low low price of three hundred fifty dollars. Um, mm-hmm. The audio comes from it so crisp and clear and feels complex. So I I played the same song um, on the Echo Show, which is I don't know like a two hundred thirty dollar device, and the Google Home, which is I don't know like one hundred twenty nine dollar device to compare and um, Uh, The other two sound, um, they're not as complex in their audio. Like you, you miss, uh, certain bits. Like, um, one of them might miss sort of like the baseline is not quite as prominent. Um, and you're certainly not going to hear things like in an, uh, like a live album sort of thing from a live recording. You're not going to hear like people in the back of the room clapping sort of thing. And you can hear that sort of stuff for the HomePod. Uh, Hmm. And it's easier to have the HomePod at lower volumes and still feel like you're getting a good quality experience and also easier to to have it at the higher volumes and feel like you're still having a good experience because it doesn't feel like it's getting uh, tinny and sort of scratching your ears sort of thing, That's which is an effect I've had from the Amazon Echo as well as the Google Home. So I think that was one of the things that really impressed me. And I I just shoved it in like sort of a random spot of my house and it sounds great, right? So the thing it says on the tin of, oh, it does like these magic things to to scan the room and figure out where the best audio, like I, I totally believe it. I didn't place it in the acoustically ideal place. I'm just a normal person. I shoved it onto this desk that was, uh, or this table that was convenient for me. It's sitting about two feet away from the Google Home. Setup was a little clunky. Uh, I did not have quite as smooth of a setup as other folks, but again, uh, this is just a single data point for reasons that are unclear to me. um, Setup failed for me the very first time. It gave me some weird error message and an error number. I just tried it again and it worked. Um, For whatever reason, that seems to have meant that the setting for personal requests, I'll talk a little bit about later, um, even though it claimed it to be on, it was definitely not on because when I got to the point of asking Siri to do things that would require the personal request permission, it was complaining at me, sorry, can't see the iPhone that's connected to this device, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the <laughs> kind of humorous to me, so or sorry, every time I sign on a new device using my iCloud account, I get an email, right? So on a regular basis, you know, I'll buy a new iPad or buy a new iPhone, whatever it is, buy a new Apple Watch. It says, oh, um, you know, an Apple Watch just signed into your iCloud account sort of like as an email warning, right? To let you know that the people are doing that. All right, that's me. I got an email about an iCloud song sign on from blank, literally just blank with a period in quotes. It's like, what? how is this possible? Whatever. It's a weird weirdity to me. Um, I don't understand why that happened, but the HomePod apparently didn't show up properly. Um,
2: hmm.
0: But that's, that's a little bit about that. So uh, one of the things that was really impressive to me was the fact that you don't have to scream at it when it's pumping out audio. So <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten very used to... To, you know if i'm playing audio um let's say like i'm in the kitchen you know you're, you're doing dishes or you're preparing dinner or something and you've got audio uh so you've got music playing through either the google home or the amazon echo and they get kind of loud right because i have an in- inconvenient kitchen layout where there's a wall in between the living room and then my kitchen so kind of have to bump up the audio to hear the music it also means that i have to like scream sometimes at these things to to tell them to stop or if i want to have them set a timer or something i've gotten kind of used to that that with this it feels like you have like normal speaking volume like as if i was talking to you right now and it hears you even though it's you know blasting out this heavy bass and and height tweets and everything it's actually quite impressive for that part Uh, so whatever um microphone setup and or uh, understanding of the room and or understanding of uh, signals processing for the actual audio that it's pumping out versus audio that's coming in um from The outside is, is actually pretty impressive, and I, I hope their competitors take a page out of that one. Oh, yeah, I, I have a note here pro tip don't put it on oiled wood surfaces as we just discovered today. I, I did not, I have mine on a, a glass table. Um, other people have discovered that uh, when you have oiled wood surfaces, the iPod or HomePod apparently can leave a little ring, kind of as if you left a hot beverage like coffee, um, without a coaster. There have been people, why is that
2: because of vibration or the rubber on the bottom? I assume it's or? heat.
0: Um, I need to oh, okay. like have mine play for a like an hour or something and then go and, and and like put my hands underneath it or something but i assumed it was like a heat sort of thing mm-hmm. um so it leaves like like a little stain up so so words of the wise be very aware of what you're doing there and there was a, a johnny ive parody thing where they're like they're gonna sell a 99 home pod sock you can put on <laughs> your device to keep it from doing that um so i think when it, it comes to siri right because that's, that's all about the audio and it, it was great i'm not like an audiophile but it sounds fantastic and i think if you can go to somebody's house who has one or i don't know if they have these at the uh, the Apple stores or wherever it is, you can go hear one in person. If you have doubts, I I think that will sort of solve the doubts for you in terms of audio quality. As far as Siri goes, um, how do I describe it? I think I'd describe it as uh, smarter than you'd think, but not as much as you'd hope. Um, So I I think that's part of the narrative about this whole device where, uh, oh, I should answer the the one thing. So people are like, oh my God, it it only plays Apple's music.
2: Mm,
0: Yes and no, right? The the way it's presented, not true. Uh, It will absolutely play Spotify. It will play Google Play music, uh, unfortunately, when I say those things, I mean, you have to connect to it via AirPlay. There's no Bluetooth connection. There's no um, line in, you know, like physical connection. This is an mm-hmm. all wireless world. And it very heavily pushes you towards Apple Music with a lowercase M, like the was it like iCloud Music Match, whatever it's called, um, and Apple Music with a capital M, the uh, $9.99 a month U.S. monthly subscription service. That's true. So if you want to natively ask it, Hey, followed by Siri, play, you know, the best of Michael Jackson. Um, yeah. You're going to have to buy into Apple's ecosystem for that, so that's sort of like the the, the truth of the matter for that. So if you've been hearing that it, it can't play other audio, not true. But I'd also say it's not a great experience if you're doing something outside of Apple's stuff, right? Um, it's still possible. Uh, similar with Siri, where it was sort of presented in a lot of reviews that I saw that um, that it was like, oh, like this is like practically like not even having Siri, and Siri sucks to begin with. So like it's so much further behind um, the Amazon Echo or their Google Home in terms of what they can do and. I don't really find that true, so I I um, decided to use my iPhone and I you know just held the, the Siri button and went into the help to see what sorts of things can you normally ask Siri to do. Um, and the things that it can do is actually far more extensive than you would think, uh, with some caveats, right? So you can do normal sort of things you might ask Siri to do, like translate or ask for traffic to some destination. You can ask it to do um, like weather, stock prices, uh, who won, you know, last night's gold medal, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, you can even play podcasts like this very podcast more than just code you can just sort of seamlessly do that um mm-hmm. ironically as i found spotcast is actually difficult and i think it's because siri has a hard time understanding what that word is
2: um yeah i had trouble with spotcast too but you're right i was going to ask too because I, I did i was actually surprised yesterday when i played um uh uh more than just code podcast on the google home device it sounded pretty good but i mean i, I haven't got a home pod to compare it to so how would you compare those two like because it sounded to me like the google was reasonably good speaker
0: yeah we um, we sound kind of like we would sound coming out of the uh, the iphone uh, especially if i had like headphones attached to it um we sound way better on the on the home pod you can hear uh more of the bass baseline coming mm-hmm. through which I, I found interesting um some of the limitations so, on things that it can do. Um, weirdly, you can't, um, you can't have more than one timer, which is mm-hmm. odd. And, and let me explain that. So um, one thing that's pretty common for me to do is to be cooking, right? And he's like, all right, like this part of the dish needs 15 minutes. This other part is like a five minute timer. And it's great to have one of those going, right? It's like, you know, Echo set a timer for rice for 15 minutes. Okay. It does that. And, oh, Echo set a timer for poached egg for five minutes, you know, that sort of thing. is very common, especially when you have that. And they'll both go off and be like, bong, bong, you know, your timer for eggs is done, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Siri on the HomePod, for whatever weirdo reason, I assume it's because of the same sort of uh, scope cutting. You can only do one timer, which I noticed uh, folks in reviews really picked up on as a very sort of irritating thing, but I also feel like it's a like a V1 sort of thing, and with future updates, it'll certainly be fixed, because that's not a, not a fundamental sort of change. Some of the other ones that I think will Will require some more fundamental changes to how Apple is approaching this is um, there are some bits of its functionality that require the, uh, the connection to an iPhone. So it mentioned in Ish's um, uh, blog post was the, oh, you give it permission to do uh, send and receive messages or like text messages, uh, iMessage type thing, or add things to your notes or read things from your notes, I think as well, or add things to your reminders. It will only do, even if you have the permission set for those, it will only do those things when the iPhone. When it's connected to, uh, sort of linked to, I should say, is actually on the same Wi-Fi network. So it works great if I'm home, if I leave the house, you know, like my fiance wants to use it and like add something to the reminders, it'd be like, sorry, the phone that's connected to this account is not oh, in the left, the, left, yeah. On Wi-Fi or something. What's that?
2: Wow. You've left, you've left the room, or left the house?
0: You're... Yeah. Or I, I, I didn't test this out myself, but I guess if I turned off Wi-Fi or went into airplane mode on my iPhone, it'd be like, oh, sorry, can't do this thing. And hmm. and very similar, you can, uh, you can initiate a phone. Home call on your iPhone and then uh, connect to the Home Pod as a speaker and and probably as a as a microphone. I didn't actually try out that part. Yeah, speakerphone, yeah. Um, but you can't initiate a call from the Home Pod like you can on the Google Home and to a limited extent you can on the Amazon Echo. So those are some of the things that are a little bit weird. Of like uh, if it's all going to be um, you know based on Siri Kit and Siri Kit implies having some sort of app installed on your iPhone and therefore having your iPhone in that same room that feels a lot less magical and a lot less flexible than what Amazon and Google are doing, where, hey, this thing is connected to the web and it accesses web APIs directly for things. Um, I'm assuming there's some sort of uh, privacy aspect to it. So as Ish mentions, he's got uh, at least one or more small children in his house. And so he's like, I will absolutely not let random voice that is not connected, you know, like, oh, I recognize this is not only an adult, but this is actually the specific owner um, and let them send messages. Or read messages. Um, it's the sort of thing where I, I think the, the the lack of having multiple accounts and being able to do voice recognition, of, uh, recognize specific voices, as well as the uh, probably the privacy angle of trying to do as much on the device and with as little network connectivity as possible. It, to my mind, it sort of seems to play um, play against the strengths that you would see Google and Amazon doing. Oh, uh, you want to add th- something to your calendar? Absolutely, we can do that. Can the HomePod do it? No, it can't. Right now, I'm sure that'll be a software update. But even if it did, unless Apple sort of uh, separates the iPhone out of the equation, says the HomePod can do it itself. Um, I, I kind of wonder how sort of successful it'll be from the voice assistant standpoint. Hmm.
2: So it's it's connected to your phone. Like it, you can't sort of have it connect to an Apple TV like you would with that kind of thing, right? Like it's not it's not tied into the Apple TV. I guess the Apple TV is a separate device or it's, I guess it's the equivalent of a watch. It's, it's a speaker because you know how the watches are toward, tied to one phone as well, right? right
0: yeah and, and and i'm certainly not the first person to notice that the home pod when it comes to those features that require um, an iphone to be sort of connected to it and physically close mm-hmm. to it, it it turns the home pod into being sort of like an accessory to the iphone just like the apple watch as you point out is an accessory to the iphone
2: Yeah, an extension of it yeah so so and can you can stream to it from your phone i would assume but can or airplay to it i guess can other people in the house do that as well or no
0: i presumably so I, I i certainly have streamed to it from um an ipad but unfortunately it's not a good test because that ipad is connected to the same my you know my same icloud account so i right, don't have another ios device as
2: an airplay speaker kind of thing in the choice that you have or like uh, you, so it does you, you,
0: show up you, as an airplay speaker and I'm, I'm going to assume that other people can because there there is some sort of setting where you can set a password so that like random person down the street on your on your wi-fi for reasons oh right yeah um, like i don't know i guess if you share your Wi-Fi with your neighbor sort of thing they wouldn't be able to to airplay you know random things to it
2: that's true yeah yeah no it's true now that you must say that I, I do recall that my um my uh, airplay device or sorry, my apple tv um does ask for a code from my phone when i when i connect to it now at least it has with ios 11 i don't remember if it did that with ios 10 but that's for sure now yeah interesting. and, stuff. and there are By some way. things that
0: are really nice like uh, about having some of this stuff connected all together in terms of ecosystem things that um having reminders to be able to tell the home pod like oh um remind me that I need to go drop off this document, uh, to my CPA or something. Um, mm-hmm. I could tell that to the home pod and then let's say I went out for lunch, so I'm not no longer in the home. Um, well it created like a normal reminder and I'll see that in this case, cause I have my Apple watch on all the time. I'll see the actual reminder, you know, on my Apple watch at the appropriate time. Right. As opposed to like, um, in my case, since, um, I'm not an Android user, there's far less integration between what Google can do with its assistant in terms of setting reminders through the home and having stuff go to your your phone and even more so limited with um, the Amazon Echo where I can set reminders on it, but it's only going to do the reminder back in the same device in that same house. So if I'm away for whatever reason, I'm going to miss that reminder. So there's there's sort of pros and cons to sort of owning that whole sort of top to bottom vertical integration. And that's where it makes it really hard for me to say if people are wondering out there, well, which one should I get is always depends on all. Let me ask you all these different questions about your (laughs) life. style and where you plan to go.
2: Right, right. So I was telling you guys before the show, and I don't know if I mentioned it in the show, but I had uh, read an article yesterday, On it turned out on Reddit, um, about, from the audiophile group, um, about a, an individual who had uh, by the name of Winter Charm had written an, an audiophile perspective on the uh, HomePod including measurements, and I noticed just now as I'm reading it, um, some of the comments that they put on this article had been struck through. They were comparing it to ...to a KEF X30, X300A speaker, which is apparently is a high-end uh, speaker, like an audiophile speaker. And uh, the comment in the first opening paragraph was the hundred. The, sorry, the HomePod is 100% an audiophile-grade speaker. And he painstaking, uh, painstakingly painsticking, uh, did measurements for eight and a half hours with a calibrated microphone, uh, which is matched to a serial number and all that kind of stuff. But uh, And he measured quite a few different things here. So it's quite a long read. Um, it's not a quick little uh, jaunt through the things but uh, talks about the highs, mids and lows and distortion factors and room corrections and Fletcher Munson curves and all kinds of other interesting things like that. Um, about, so, you know, well, his, his sort of um, um, measured uh, view of the uh, HomePod as a, as an audio file speaker. So I, I seem to get the impression he did think it was a, a great speaker from that perspective. So if you're interested in the HomePod as an audio file device, you might want to have a look at this we'll have a link in the show notes for you. Um, yeah. So, what else we got to say about this guy? Any any questions y'all might have?
0: I may not have answers because I've only had it for less than a week. <laughs>
2: you have answers? Or oh, you do have answers?
0: I may not have answers. I mean, I can answer, oh, answer things like um, it does not yet integrate with your calendar, which is a bummer because it's something I right. oh, okay. like to have and it seems like a natural thing to do if you're already doing notes or reminders. Um, so I
2: had so I had heard that, that it does tie into like one, one user's... Um, have you like had it read your text messages and stuff like that or have you not turned that feature on yet? I've had it
0: send messages but i've not uh received a message where i've
2: um read it from the home pod right oh so you can say the home pod message to tim and mm-hmm. hey tim how's it going that kind of thing and it'll do that yeah so i guess like siri it's the same thing as talking to siri right yeah uh which
0: led me down the path of like oh i wonder if i can send you know a dollar to somebody <laughs> using apple pay and unfortunately no which i guess sort of makes sense because i'm not sure how they would authenticate that it's you
2: do you still have to say hey siri and all that nonsense or
0: yes that is the, that is the wake word, and <laughs> that is so how does of, it
2: know? How does it know? How do your devices know if you're standing in if you've got your phone in your hand and you got your HomePod on the desk or you know, a few feet away from you? How does it know when you're addressing which Hey Siri it's addressing?
0: So they seem to negotiate with each other in some sort of circumstance. So I've, I've not tried it with every device I have active, but certainly when I was uh, using my iPad and saying "Hey," followed by the word Siri, followed by something like you "Yeah, know, what's today's news?" Um, Sorry for those people who have Hey Siri devices. It would uh, you could. You could see that the iPad heard it and then decided yeah. not to acknowledge because the HomePod was in the room. Uh, same thing oh, really? with my okay. iPhone. Where I've seen kind of uh, more interesting trouble is, uh, and, I, and I say trouble because it's, uh, again, like you would want it to be magic to just like somehow know ambiently that like, oh, this is the most logical place to respond. If you have an Apple Watch like I do and you have, uh, I don't know, I was like moving something so my wrist had flicked to where the screen was on, right? So that it yeah. activated the watch. Watch and it said whatever my query was and the watch heard it first and decided to try answering which is hmm. not what i expected because i actually wanted the home pod to do it right <laughs> so it, it's still like not perfect but it's, it's actually surprising we're back to, to
2: every device in your room ringing when the phone rings right so well uh, not quite that uh, bad
0: that's a good question i've not received a phone call since then so that'll be interesting whenever recruiters start calling up we'll have to see um if they all start ringing at the same time
2: it'll make it easier to screen them
0: though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The Apple Watch has been <laughs> fantastic for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> an an underrated true. selling point is when you're like uh, sitting in a meeting and uh, oh look, what's this phone call? Is is it important? Is yeah. is a family member in danger? Nope. It looks like it's a number I don't recognize, so let me just cancel
2: that. Is it always a number you don't recognize, but from some weird state or a weird? I get you know I get calls from like you know Washington and you know Vermont and all day all during the day like these random numbers are and I'm not going to answer them right like the people. People who scam the phone systems can't even figure out how to properly scam, the, like write the, the phone number down, so you might be duped into answering it.
0: Yeah, you would think if they if they somehow you know knew enough, to be like, oh, this yeah, this person is a developer is like, well, then you should probably make it appear as if you're coming from uh, Seattle or Cupertino or yeah. Mountain View, you know these these areas. Are like, oh, it might be Google calling. Oh, it might be Apple calling.
2: Yeah, well, I got one from Go- I got one from uh, Los Angeles either today or yesterday. There's no way I'm answering that call. Yeah, see here, I got the Cornwall. Point Clair, Quebec. Um, John Envy, what province is? That's Nevada, right? Gene, Nevada. Envy
0: um, would be uh, the state of Nevada, yeah.
2: Roseville, uh, Michigan. <laughs> Two from Roseville, Roseville, Michigan. I probably should have taken that call. Um, <laughs> Homefield, Florida. Dobbs Ferry, New York. Essa, Ontario. Another mm-hmm. one from Essa, Ontario. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, I don't know. I guess people do answer those calls. All right, well, that's enough HomePod for one day. What do you think? Should we? Move? I want to get to these picks. This is there one, one pick I'm kind of interested to hear about. So you've got a couple picks here for your your HomePod. So why don't you give us uh, your your rundown on those two, Jaime? Yeah,
0: continuing the theme, um, uh, Apple has put together three short videos to explain how to use the HomePod. So if you're uh, a little impatient and want to know, like, how do I interact with music? How do I use the physical controls on the device itself? And how do I configure the device, which I didn't really talk about, but it shows up as a uh, home, like a HomeKit accessory. So it shows up in your really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And as far as I can tell, there is no real equivalent to like find my iphone for the home pod so if you wanted to wipe it you essentially just remove it as an accessory and apparently disassociates it from your accounts
2: oh really okay yeah but you can't find your home pod if you misplace it
0: yeah i'm like well what if somebody breaks (laughs) in and steals my home pod it's like i want to know where that thing is once it gets back on the network and i want it to blast music at maximum volume it's like the police can be like oh it must be that house with the the sick you know michael jackson audio coming out of it obviously that's where the thieves are
1: you want to blast really Bad music and they can't turn it
0: off. Yeah. <laughs> like Barney or something. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so that's a head, the but thing. I decided not to. <laughs> uh, the second sort of, uh, link is Apple's official HomePod user guide. So if you're the kind of person who hmm. uh, likes to read the entire manual, uh, for you, the instruction manual, uh, that's there for you. And I actually found a few things that I wasn't aware of.
2: Nice. Cool. So I can ask, Hey, how, the, how's the, uh, traffic in Cupertino? The, nice.
0: Weirdly, it does not do generic traffic. So you can't get like a, mm. uh, you know, like the sort of thing you would get on the weekly, or sorry, uh, nightly news. Like, Oh, it looks like traffic was really bad today on the I five, blah, blah, blah. Uh, right. but you can't. And say uh, for specific directions, either to like you know a particular location, like a restaurant, for example, or you can say mm-hmm. you know what's it like going from uh, from here to downtown Seattle, for example.
2: Right. right. Cool. All right. Well, my my pick here is um, Google Translate. I think we talked about Google Translate before, but I actually got to use it in, in at, at the office today for the first time. I saw it the other day. Like I don't think it was orig- originally available in Canada for us folks up here in the Great White North to use when it was first announced. I think at Google, Google I/O last. Uh, last um, spring uh, or early summer I guess um, and it's been around since like 2009 or something like that. I think they, I was reading about it today that apparently the UN was involved in, in uh, having Google translate translate documents for them and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah the, in this year they updated it to uh, use a, the, a neural machine translation engine or the neural machine translation or GNMT uh, which apparently can translate entire sentences at a time as opposed to just word by word or piece Piece by piece. But so today we were looking at a, a, um, a Jira ticket that was written in Chinese because we have a question about some of our Chinese, some of the use of our Chinese in um, in our uh, application and one of our of course one of our QA um, is, is Chinese and so he was able to read the uh, thing and he pointed out this particular bug and so while this, the, we, you know, we had it up on a, on a big shared screen on the on the wall so I said, to, uh, well, while it was there I fired up the Google Translate and walked up to the um, the board and use the Google Translate. What it is is it uses your camera and it will translate languages on the fly. So if you're looking at a you know a French stop sign for instance, and you hold up this thing and uh, you Google, you've got French to English loaded, it will translate that phrase into English. So I was looking at you know some Chinese characters on the uh, in, on the JIRA ticket, and I was actually able to read them correctly by using this this application. So it's kind of cool. It's got Google Translate. It's on the um, on the App Store. Uh, Available for download right now, and it, of course, it's not limited just to iOS, but uh, it's it's way cooler on iOS. So I wouldn't use it on Android if you if you have a choice. But yeah, no, it's a really cool technology and good use of uh, machine learning um, algorithms and I guess natural language processing and all that kind of stuff. So uh, really cool product. Google Translate by Google Incorporated now available in Canada. And speaking of machine language and and machine learning and a lot of kind of other kind of cool stuff, Mark, do you have a pick?
1: You have a pick. Uh, this is a bit of a shameless plug but that's okay Mm -hmm. uh so i have been working with a startup for the past year called skydio and just yesterday as we record it today on wednesday so on tuesday we came out of stealth mode and announced the launch of our first product which is the skydio r1 which is an autonomous flying camera it's essentially it's a drone uh with 13 cameras mounted in it and it does some pretty amazing stuff uh there's been we've been fortunate to get a lot of really really good press uh on on what the product does so a lot of it's Available, you can take a look for yourself, and uh, we'll put some of it in the in the uh, show notes. But essentially, it's we, we've got this. Uh, it's a drone that has some really sophisticated machine learning and computer vision algorithms built into it, uh, so that it will autonomously fly and follow someone and film them as they're doing it. So you can use it to take some pretty amazing video footage of things that you just kind of couldn't do uh, with a regular camera or or without a pretty sophisticated Uh, uh, tracking apparatus. And, um, like I said, we just released it yesterday. It's available now. If you want to order one, you're welcome to. Uh, but check out the the videos and hopefully you'll be impressed. Uh, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff. It, It can, it has a lot of built in obstacle avoidance. So it will, it can fly around, avoid trees. And, and if you, if you're, say, running through, through the woods, let's say, uh, and zooming around trees, it will actually follow you around, uh, which is something that really nothing else can do at this point, so mm-hmm. pretty amazing technology. If I do say so myself, uh, the the cool part of it from the mobile or iOS point of view uh, is that it's it's completely controlled using your cell phone, iOS or Android. There's no extra controller. There's no uh, I don't know if you've seen other other drones that are that are sort of joystick controlled where you have to really be focusing on flying the drone, and yet you almost have to be a professional drone pilot to make it do anything fancy. With this, you don't need any of that. You can set it to go, set it to track you and you go and do what you want to do and it flies itself and avoids obstacles and follows you around and films you doing whatever you want to do. Pretty cool stuff.
2: Yeah, for sure. I posted a link here from um, Adam Savage's group, uh, Adam Savage yeah, the Mythbusters. from Mythbusters. Yep. He did a big long, uh, like a 20 minute special. Um, one of his reviewers uh, did a long talk on it and I think went and spoke to
1: your, I think you said he was the He's CEO? The CEO. F- yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: hang on, just waiting for this video to load here. Yeah, so
1: our, our five. Founders were three uh, engineers who uh, met each other when they were all in grad school at MIT a few years back, Mm -hmm. uh, and founded the company in 2014. uh, And uh, we're now up to I don't know, sixty or seventy people. And oh, by the way, we are hiring. Uh, We are looking (laughs) for an iOS developer as well as an Android developer. If you see anything that you like in the video, and you're in the Bay Area and you want to uh, see what we're up to, and maybe come work with us, uh, definitely give me a call or give me send me an email or whatever. and, uh, we can talk about it.
2: Yeah, but coming back to the product, it definitely is a cool product. Um, like you know, just I mean, they were playing hide and seek in in the woods, as you can see in the video, and you know, it was kind of like uh, um, you know the the Terminator kind of style thing, where where the device was able to actually find him. Just kept kept moving out of the, like every time he hid behind a tree, it would kind of move out move out and try and, and and find him. But at the same time, you can also see it watch as as it runs, you know, running along with uh, with the person. It's it's pursuing or whatever or following you know you could see it actually avoiding tree branches and stuff like that which is really kind of cool technology yeah right? so
1: it, it really is pretty amazing technology if, if i do say so myself uh and yeah. you kind of have to see it in real life to believe it. it's you know it's one thing to watch a video but once you see it in real life you'll you'll be pretty amazed i think when I mean, everybody is kind of wild by it when they see it
2: yeah it's got like it's got um i don't know if you talked about the, the cameras on it but it's got like the one main camera for for shooting the video but then it's got you know pair camera a pair of cameras on the front pair of cameras on the back it's got cameras pointing up and down and yeah i think it's like and it uses black and white and then each one of those is using like it's not like you have to have a dev- like a chip or a, a rfid thing in your pocket it literally you'd say i want to follow this guy like I guess, I guess part of what you wrote is the app right you tap on a guy in the video and it will then follow that person as long as it keep track of that's them, right?
1: exactly right yeah so there's 13 cameras one of the cameras is the main uh camera for for filming and that's a that takes 4k video but the the other twelve cameras, as as Tim you just mentioned, are are, are uh, positioned in all directions around the, the drone, so we can see in all directions, and it's constantly filming mm-hmm. uh, in all directions and building based on on that. It's kind of technology, sort of like you know what what ARKit does, where it's it's filming what's around you and building a three D map of the world internally. So it it recognizes what objects are around using uh, VIO visual inter, uh, inertial odometry. Odometry, uh, yeah. So by by looking at a frame and then seeing how the frame moves uh, over time, it can actually build a 3D representation of that object in in its uh, you know in, in its view and use that to avoid obstacles.
2: And so then it, mem- it memorizes that map once it's made the map. It's not like it's just constantly adjusting it. Con-
1: constantly to remember the room. It. Yeah, yeah. So it's always it's always it's it's built it's it's constantly updating the map all the time. Right. And it's using uh-huh. the map to predict uh, based Based on its existing trajectory and trajectory of everything in the map what's mm-hmm. gonna happen in the next four seconds uh, so obviously you know things can change the trajectory but 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 assuming that things are on a on the tra- trajectory they're on right now uh, it right. knows what's gonna happen what would happen in four seconds and it can plan its moves to avoid those things
2: right well the cool thing was too is is, is I think you might have mentioned it too is I think there's like eight different modes of, of follow following it yeah. one like, of them is it'll actually it'll actually go in front of you and yeah. it'll predict where you're going to go. We
1: call these uh, cinematic modes, and there's a whole okay. bunch of different ones. We're all we're always coming up with new ones, actually. But there's a there's a set of them that are that are shipping with the with the vehicle right now. And uh, these moves can do things like orbit around you. You can tell it when it's mm-hmm. following you, it will it will just move in a circle around you, constantly filming you. You can tell it to follow you, you know, be a, a few feet behind you and follow you, whatever you're doing, uh, or lead you. So it can go in front of you, turn around, face you, and move backwards as you move forward. So it's it's so always keeping you in brand.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, it's got the cameras on the back of it to keep track of what's in front of it as well, that's right. right? That's right. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But
1: it's that's pointing cool. the main cool. camera at you so it can film you as you do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it can go on the side. We have one called Party View where it's you know constantly switching between people. If There's a lot of people in the, oh, nice. the yeah. group. Yeah.
2: yeah I was just thinking it'd be great for like a wedding party or something like that, like if you wanted to follow the bride as they're walking across the field. You yeah, know. absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's that's one of the things we've had in mind as, as a use case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the main uses that people have been using it for so far is for sports. Uh right. Often extreme sports. You know, if you're if you're like climbing up some a sheer rock face or something like that, doing rock climbing. Right, well, how, are you, right. how are you gonna film that? Right? How's someone gonna be behind you filming that? They really can't. But the drone can't. The drone can just follow you up the side, yeah. filming you the whole time. Or for speed. Yeah, and I, would, I,
2: would, yeah. I would even think things like football games, I'm I'm not sure about it in a large stadium, but like it, you know how you have those those cameras that they have on the big wires that you see on the football games, they could probably have a drone follow around yeah. uh, a play, right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Hopefully in, in, in not too far future, you know, you'll know, you be watching NFL games and see uh, right. that, this filming thing. So how is it as a speaker though? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> it's it's not a speaker, but it's a recorder. This is one thing that, that other, <laughs> other drones don't do is right. it records audio through your phone as you're using
2: it. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So
1: if you're do- making this film and you could be narrating the, the, uh, your film and it will record it and, oh, right, cool. with, the, with the video footage. Yeah. When it's done. So
2: yeah. So I guess a real estate walkthrough would be another great thing, yeah, too, right? Yeah. It would be a great. All you realtors listening to this show. Exactly.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh. I mean, it's, well, yeah. flag a drone indoors might be a little bit tough, but. Well, uh, I'm, I'm but talking about outside around, like around like a property the property or something yeah. like that. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep.
2: Cool. Or as I, I was also thinking, even watching like, you know, uh, young children, like, you know, five, six year olds running around in the backyard kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Keep an eye on them. Yeah. Like like a watchdog sort of Yeah. The... If you're if you're one of these people pets. who is
1: now recording every single instance of your life, <laughs> this would really be a good thing for that. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see like the child aspect where like, all right, I kind of want to let them go play, but um, I don't want to be hovering over them. But this thing could, right? And I can sort of see them. Uh, yeah. sort of extends the, the range at which you can look out the window and see the kids play. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and cool. the best part is you don't have to be doing the filming. You don't even have to be holding a camera you can be playing with the kids while this thing is filming it and you know you'll have a record of you playing with your kids forever so I have a yeah. question
2: so in in the, the promotional video that you, that I've seen where yeah. the girl is running through the, the forest uh-huh. and there's like you can see you can see one of the, the drones in the, the in the thing and it says it was filmed with one of these yeah drones. that was actually filmed with two it, drones. <laughs> that, that yeah was. so one drone is actually doing the commercial and the other one is just in there as sort of a prop following the girl as well right
1: yeah for that scene yes yes yeah that's interesting yeah
2: yep. it's like having your own personal Helicopter following you around as you go on your bike ride or whatever. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's pretty cool stuff. You know, I'm I'm pretty excited by it. Uh, yeah. You know, we've been we've been quiet about it for uh, the year or so that I've been working on it, and and of course even before that, uh, like I said, it's, yeah. the company's been around since 2014. Uh, but um, it's mainly because we're we're doing something that really no one has ever done before, and right, and right. Uh, you know, there's other competition in the space, but mm-hmm. they've never come up with anything quite like this. So we're we're all pretty excited about it right
2: well Norman Chan is the gentleman from uh, from the Adam Savage um, show or whatever who was talking about uh, this and he, and he said they, they evaluate a lot of different drones on their show and, and he was you know he was basically saying that there there aren't any like this one that uh, yeah you know they either crash into things or what have you but uh, yeah he was quite impressed with this apparently
1: yeah, yeah Cool. so yeah that's my pick
0: all right I can see that being popular with um, I don't know if, you've, if you guys have ever seen these uh, some YouTube channels where as far as I can tell it's pretty Person going around somewhere and narrating stuff like maybe their their day or some experience but you can tell that they are wearing some sort of harness that has the camera out in front of them yeah um, mm-hmm. i, I don't know if it's like i don't know what tv show is it like survivor man or or man versus wallet I forget which one it was but the person would go out in the woods and like do this stuff when you could with see a, the camera GoPro, like,
1: basically yeah
0: yeah but it's just like harness to them right yeah. it's not like like they could do uh, other angles or anything so the the fact that this has such flexibility i think will be really popular with uh uh, some of the more um, YouTube sort of celebrity yep. kind of channels.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah, you can see surfers using it, but, you know, um, motocross yep. yep. Yeah, I want to see
0: like Sean White use this uh, yeah. on the half pipe.
2: Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, that'd be cool, yeah. He's
0: getting sick air and watching
2: it follow him.
1: So there are already yeah. on YouTube, if you do a search, there are some videos people have taken of skiing and snowboarding mm-hmm. using this thing. So Did you search for Skydio? Yeah, S-K-Y-D-I-O.
2: Yes, and of course, if you want to buy one, you can buy one on the Skydio.com site you know that's right yeah i think
1: 25.99 yeah or something like that. so it's it's not a it's not a cheap product it's a high-end product right. uh but but you know for for what's in there and for what it does it's actually not uh not too bad hmm. right.
0: yeah i've certainly seen like the larger as far as i can tell like the size of the drone yep. that are in that same rough kind of order of magnitude so it, it doesn't surprise me like this isn't the like 20 dollar drone you buy at walmart and you give to your kids sort yeah. of thing. no this absolutely is...
1: not this, it, it's it's definitely meant to be a, a high-end product yeah very Mm-hmm. Very well built and robust, and uh, yeah,
2: and you don't have to worry about like learning how to fly the thing too because it pretty much does its own thing. Well, that's right? the
1: amazing thing is yeah, you you can you launch it by just from your iPhone by just sliding up a, a button on the screen. You launch it, and mm-hmm. land it with the button, and then you can uh, to move it around. You can double tap, uh, or uh, it will. It shows a, vi- a live video feed of what the drone sees.
2: I was going to say yeah yeah, it,
1: and it has it shows a little circle with a target every time it detects a person. So you just det- you tap on that. That and it will start following that person, uh, or uh, you can you can. There's a joystick mode that if you want to use it, that you can you can open up and you can actually fly around using the joystick. Uh, if you actually want to manually control it, so lots of different lots of different options. But it's all through your phone, and it's very. I think it's pretty intuitive to use and easy to use, and and it's fun. Cool, yeah, yeah definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah.
2: All right, well, congratulations, Mark, on shipping uh, a indeed
1: cool product. I'm happy to yeah. give anyone a demo if they're in the Bay Area. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. We'll have to keep that in mind. Yep. All righty. I guess that's it for another week then. So, hey, how many people want to find you on the intro, where do they look? I'm on Twitter. It's at DevTheHair. All right. And Mark? Uh, Mark Skydio Ruben,
1: where were they found you? Uh, MarkR at SmapSoft.com or actually Mark at Skydio.com if you want
2: to. There you, you go. All right. That one, cool. Yeah. So if you're looking for a cool job, give Mark a shot. Yep. All right. And I am Timitra T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine, and that's how to get a hold of me. And we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Bye. 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 This concludes another intriguing, insightful, and inquisitive
0: episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. I'm friend of the show, Greg Heo, joining you from Sector 001. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with your Just Code nerd hosts on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have questions or feedback, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider writing a review on iTunes, recommending us to a friend, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find details on how to help us out on our website. That's mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future. Wishing you peace and long life.
2: video videos <laughs> yeah so how about, how about the games kind of going off
0: topic but semi-related you guys watching any of the olympics yeah well, let's see
2: bits and pieces of it canada and the u.s. are playing women's hockey right now let's see what the score is oh,
1: sorry. i guess oh, the u.s. Sorry. hockey team lost right kind of a shock to, to slovenia slovenia yeah hmm look about that oh and tim congrats on, on your canadians winning the uh figure skating team competition and the u.s.
2: men's or u.s. women no
1: the team competition oh the team competition oh really uh, uh, clearly you are following that fanatically
2: <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know yeah. it was it was over
0: i saw several of things like i saw the ice dancers i saw oh, uh, that Mara one nagasu yeah. uh hit
2: the, that triple, the triple axel yeah
1: i think yeah i think it's over and canada won the gold i thought i read that
2: yeah yeah, yeah we did yeah, yeah. this morning mm. or yesterday yeah. i guess no but right now the women's hockey is uh canada versus usa and it's two ah, okay. one for canada yeah. so and uh,
1: how's the curling stuff going is canada taking the lead on that probably um
2: probably i don't know jonathan was watching it because apparently my my grandson Foster is big to into curling. So yeah.
1: I actually, I, I actually have to admit trophies. that when it's on, I I am interested in it and I watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool to watch.
2: Yeah, I watch it too. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. So yeah, yeah he was all excited. He got his own broom and all that kind of yeah. stuff a little while ago. But yeah,
1: I'd like to try it at so, some point.
2: It, it's funny, you know, when I was in high school, I had an opportunity to do it because I moved up to Owen Sound, which is kind of a low key part of the, you know province. And uh, apparently, they all went curling, and and I kind of went, nah, I'm not going to go do that. It's boring. Yeah. I'd rather you know go out and try some river, the rooms. Yeah, but you know I guess you know when you watch Canada, like you said, is is generally speaking you know a leader in that in that sort of uh, area. So uh, well,
1: when you're the only country that plays it, it's easy to be the leader. No, there's quite a few countries <laughs> that play like, <laughs> like it's
2: a whole Nordic sport, right? So
0: yeah, yeah. yeah I think I saw uh, Norway and the not Russia team uh, facing off against <laughs> each other Russia. in like mixed, so mixed doubles. I don't know what you call it. It's like man and woman. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. They did <laughs> that too, yeah. yeah they, I think they start with that, like, sort of mixed one. I don't know. I can't, you know, what I don't get, what I don't get, I mean, like, it's, it's funny. I, I know it's been like that forever because I think even in Vancouver, we had uh, Ross Rebliati and, and, you know, the, the half pipe um, snow thing that they do, right? Uh, and the snowboarding and uh, the mogul skiing and all that kind of stuff. That's really crazy uh, sports, right? Yep. Extreme sort of sports.
1: Yep. Tim, are you a skier? I've
2: never asked you that. I used to be. I, I used to ski when I was in high school and then, when I moved it to to the sad part is I moved up to Vancouver, which is where the real skiing is, yeah, right Whistler. on the Rockies. Yeah, Whistler. And uh, yeah, I never went because uh, Carol just sort of said to me, as long as I didn't have benefits covering me, I wasn't allowed to go skiing. Ah, cause she was yeah. just worried I'd you know get damaged or whatever. So never did. Hmm. Yeah, one regret. And I'm i my knees are shot now and probably too old to do it now. Uh, mind you, uh, a lot of people say snowboarding is the, the thing to do. too. do you ski? I do ski. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. oh, yeah. um, I've been to Whistler, to like Tahoe or whatever. Or yeah. Yeah, I
1: go, yeah. Well, you know the the thing is, I haven't I haven't skied in a couple of years, but but I used to go to yeah. Tahoe a lot. I've been a Whistler, um, mm-hmm. been to Colorado a bunch of times, and uh, I've never snowboarded. I just you know it took me long enough to be able to not fall down on skis. That, yeah, that yeah. I, it seems like half the point of snowboarding is falling down. So you know why would I want to do that? Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> they, they seem yeah. to fall down a lot.
2: <laughs> why Why would you go out of your way for that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I just don't like the whole idea of my, my feet being locked into into position like that. Right. So yeah, yeah. yeah I think I, think I probably great. Can handle skiing. Yeah. After skating all these years, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you you go on the slopes. You see some pretty old people up there. You see seventy year olds out there skiing. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's not like it's if you if you're doing it right, it's actually not all that physically taxing. Yeah. Yeah. Skis right. are doing all the work. If you're doing it wrong, then yeah, you're struggling a lot. It's mm-hmm. it takes a lot
2: out of you. But yeah, you gotta yeah. give it a try again. Maybe someday I'll try a little simple hill. But you know, yeah, yeah. I haven't been on skis in like since I mean, about forty years or something like that. I guess. Oh, right? well, yeah, exactly 40 years. Ago. I started skiing I was 17.
1: Yeah. It's too bad that uh that uh, uh, 360 iDev is in summer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Denver is real close to some amazing
2: skiing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So um, apparently Haim is tearing up the uh, conference circuit there now, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it, it's good to to get out there and do that a little bit. Um Mhm.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, like, if you think about, it, like, yeah, all those all those videos you see of of the you know guys trying to escape justice in L.A. and there's always like those car chases yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. You know, I mean, not quite the same speeds. I mean, you're only talking 25 miles an hour right now. I well, guess, right? I mean, it
1: is like Terminator. If you remember, I think it was the yeah. first Terminator movie, maybe the second Terminator movie.
2: That first one where where the monsters ch- or the the Terminator is chasing them, right?
1: Well, no, there's there's a scene where it, they're in the future and it shows a flying drone with yeah. guns tracking someone oh, yeah. down and shooting them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exactly like that. It's kind of scary, like wow. everything like that. Yeah.
0: Huh. Yeah, they call those HKs, hard kills. Mm-hmm. The, like uh, the, the flying the, ones. The uh, Terminator guys? hmm And that's from the original Terminator. The original, like guy, H- yeah. And then they show some yeah. more, something that's a little bit sim- more similar to this in the, um, I think it's Terminator Salvation, if I'm not mistaken, take place right. entirely in the future.
2: Mm-hmm. I was telling Mark about that that Twitter video that I posted, I think yesterday, when of the, I think Boston Dynamics or something like that, where the, the one robot opens the door for the other one. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? Yeah, with the little like and, uh, telescoping arm. Yeah, and they look just like the. It's, I mean, they're not just like, but it's the same sort of concept as the as the one robot in uh, Black Mirror. You seen that movie or the, the episode of Black Mirror this season, Mark?
1: I've seen them all, but which one? Which one are you talking about?
2: Well, the one where the, they're going at the very, very beginning, they're trying to break into a warehouse and grab some. Oh, yeah, some, that one. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. robots are chasing them, yeah. and they're like, you know, they're like killer robots, yep. and they go yep. and hide in this house, and the you know the robot grabs a knife and goes after them and right. yeah that that one. And it turns out they're also trying to do is like get a, a little teddy bear like uh from the warehouse, yeah, you know. Yeah. But that's what this, this video looked like. It was kind of the same sort of thing. I probably can find it, but mm-hmm. yeah, so you're you're uh you created uh Skynet man. Yeah, well <laughs> I mean it's you
1: know it's we it, it's not the first time someone's made that joke.